All right, so today I am joined by two people at CSBS. First, I have Jim Cooper, our president and CEO. Jim, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. And I have Karen Lawson, Executive Vice President of Policy and Supervision. Thanks for joining me. Happy to be here, Matt. All right, so I'm going to give a little preface here. We're talking about state regulator priorities in 2023 and potentially beyond. And for folks who are unaware, state regulators have this important mandate. It requires them to protect consumers, ensure the safety and soundness of their institution, and oftentimes promote economic growth. And so if there's anything I've learned in the nine years um, I've been here at CSBS watching state regulators is that achieving all three of those things really takes a village. They need tools and resources. They need partnerships with federal regulators, and they need help from legislators to provide legal authority to tackle emerging issues. So With that in mind, in this discussion, I could think of no two better people to have in a room to talk about state regulator priorities. Um, Beyond just working at CSBS uh, and engaging state regulators every day, you are both seasoned regulators yourselves. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, I wanted to start and have a conversation about uh, legislation in the coming Congress. So what are state regulators looking at, um, either at the state or federal level, um, and what are they asking of this new Congress to consider that could strengthen the state system? Well, as the new Congress settles into its 118th session, we hope to engage them on a couple of specific legislative initiatives and one in general. We encourage Congress to amend the Bank Service Company Act by passing the, the Bank Service Company Examination Coordination Act. So this is really common sense legislation that would clearly authorize coordination among state and federal regulators in the supervision of third-party service providers. It certainly would create efficiency. So nearly all state charter banks outsource some critical core business functions, whether it's their their core applications, um, payment services, cybersecurity. And while most state laws authorize state bank regulators to examine these third-party service providers, the BSCA only authorizes federal regulators to do so. So its failure to include state regulators has been interpreted as a barrier to information sharing and regulatory coordination, even when those TSPs provide core services to state charter banks. So the the Bank Service Company Examination Coordination Act would not only appropriately reflect the existing authority of state regulators to examine third-party service providers, it would also allow regulators to coordinate examination and share results, which would, would result in limited resources used effectively, avoid duplicative examinations, and reduce regulatory burden. Ultimately, consumers will benefit from these more efficient examinations. So you talk about the BSCA Act, and you talk about efficiency and effectiveness, but something you really said there that really stuck out to me was was coordination with federal regulators. Help me understand why that coordination and why those partnerships between state and federal regulators are just so critical. Well, in the example of uh, third-party service providers, It doesn't make sense for one core service provider to be examined multiple times by the federal agencies, by state regulatory agencies, and by amending this act that would permit there to be one examination with that information to be shared, and that exam team could consist of both federal and state regulators. So it's more efficient for the companies, and it's more efficient for regulators. Absolutely. Got it. And so what other legislative priorities do state regulators have in the coming year? So uh, another initiative we've been working on is asking Congress to pass the Cannabis Safe Harbor 
in the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act. So that's a lot to say. Everyone refers to it as the Safe Banking Act. And what exactly does the Safe Banking Act do? The Safe Banking Act um, would provide a safe harbor for financial institutions and bring some regulatory clarity um, to the financial services industry. So what we're asking for um, is that financial institutions, including money transmission, um, be permitted to provide services to to legal cannabis-related businesses. So as a result, cannabis-related businesses right now are restricted in their ability to access such services because cannabis remains illegal under federal law. And what challenges would this bill help alleviate at the bank or community level? By and large, marijuana operations are very cash intensive, if not cash only. So that creates a lot of risk to the communities. First of all, um, large cash and carry operations, um, public safety concerns. And I think more institutions would be willing to provide services to alleviate some of those, those concerns if there were clarity at the federal level that they could provide those services. And are there any other uh, legislative priorities for the coming year? You know, one of the key roles of CSBS is really developing, maintaining, and advancing relationships. And, and um, you know, Matt, I think you did a good job at the beginning of this, really talking about the role of state regulators and why, why state regulators are important in the financial ecosystem. So CSBS, since the 1950s, has served as um, the advocate for the system in Washington D.C. We've had a presence here that long. We've been in um, we've been an association since 1902, but we are here uh, to advance state supervision, state regulation, and uh, and make sure that that important part of the of the regulatory ecosystem is maintained. We also have an important role in terms of maintaining relationships with the federal regulators. So we serve, uh, we have state regulators that, that serve on the uh, Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council, the Financial Stability Oversight Council, and CSBS staffs and supports all, all that work. So that's a way that we collaborate with, with state regulators and what Karen was talking about earlier in terms of, uh, you know, the Bank Service Company Act. That's really memorializing that relationship and allowing for uh, for it to be very clear that federal regulators can uh, can share information with uh, with state regulators. It's more efficient. It's safer for the system. Uh, it's less burden on the on the industry. So there's a, there's a lot of good reasons that that uh, that that needs to to happen. But um, you know, I think when you when you talk about the conference of state bank supervisors. And why we why we exist in the form that we do, it is really to to uh, to advocate and and represent fifty states in Washington D.C. So that those relationships with the federal regulators and with Congress and um, you know even the, the bank trade associations and other other aspects of the uh, the financial of the economy are, are important. So so that's what that's what we do and. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of things on our plate at this point. So, yeah, I can tell. And and what you touched on there, those relationships and how having them make supervision more effective for everybody involved, I think is really really important. And when you mention relationships, it sounds a bit like we're talking about a network of people working together. So this is my segue into talking a little bit about network supervision. 
Network supervision focuses on platforms, policies, and resources that make the regulatory system more effective. What network supervision initiatives are underway in 2023, and what should regulators and companies expect from CSBS, from the states? Yeah, yeah so a great question. And uh, in, in 2019, CSBS had a, a strategic planning session that was really kind of a pivotal point, I think, in our in our history. We really focused on, on uh, this concept of network supervision. And it's more about how states work together and recognize that the you know there's there's many kind of influential voices out there uh, that believe maybe there should only be a federal regulatory regime. You're, you're talking a little bit about how there are some folks in D.C. who view the state system as possibly unnecessary because the industry has grown so much, which, by the way, is something we've heard for. 60, 70 years, maybe longer. Absolutely. What would we lose with no state system? Yeah, so local accountability and, um, and the ability for consumers to, to understand you know, what's happening in their state, who the regulator is, um, where they go for problems, and, and just being accountable to, uh, to local government, I think, is, um, is an important part of, the, of, um, of state supervision. And, you know, I think the states have really done a good job of kind of owning and understanding the differences among states and looking for paths to harmonize and make the system, you know, more efficient. And network supervision is really about that conceptually, is, is trying to, to harmonize the differences and make it more uh, uniform, utilizing either common practices uh, or common standards. So we've, we've focused a lot on uh, the money transmission, modernization, uh, prudential standards for non-bank mortgage servicers, um, you know, other, other changes that we've, uh, we've tried to implement around cybersecurity so that states are taking a similar approach uh, with respect to the risk associated with cybersecurity. Uh, so lots of lots of different initiatives are underway under that network supervision banner uh, to to make things uh, more harmonious and um, and consistent across the system. So the states need to own those differences and really make sure that they uh, uh, that they exist for a for a purpose and. Um, and I, and I think they're, they're doing a good job of that. So, Jim, you mentioned the states owning their differences, but there's, there's the plus side to those differences as well, and that's, that's innovation. So states have been the pioneers in creating regulatory frameworks for new financial products um, and frameworks that many federal regulations are modeled after, checking accounts, home equity loans. The Federal Community Reinvestment Act is actually modeled off of a state law, so states went there first, and that's really an important aspect. It's sort of a safe environment to innovate because there are there are built-in constraints. It's not automatically a nationwide product or regulation, so it allows for for in innovation and sort of a, a protected um, experimentation. Yeah. So so the states innovate, new products and services you know come to the fore. They expand more nationally, and then the states harmonize work together and make sure they maintain their independence, but they're able to, to supervise these institutions on their own. And I think that's a, a pretty good summary of, of how network supervision works together. 
So is there anything else on the horizon in the coming year that, that people should be thinking about? Like I mentioned, one other initiative we have in terms of network supervision, and, and this is a big initiative for us in 2023, is to formalize a nationwide protocol for multi-state investigation and enforcement matters. So why would we do that? There are a number of especially non-bank licensees that operate throughout the country in multiple states or even in every state. Um, so this initiative would uh, give state regulatory authority to take enforcement action um, at a multi-state or nationwide level. So that would be combining um, states' individual individual authorities into a single filing. I think on the, on the network supervision uh, part of it, we need to also talk about the platform. And you, mm -hmm. you mentioned that. It's really two components. So if you think about network supervision, think about it in the context of common standards, common practices, and mm -hmm. then a, a common platform. So the nationwide multi-state licensing system was really our first uh, foray as an organization into a common technological platform. You know, we have we have 50 states that that use it as the common licensing platform for mortgage, money service businesses, consumer finance, uh, debt collectors. So it's broadly used throughout the United States. And rather than having um, you know 50 portals, we have one. And, and that's really important in terms of uh, creating more efficiency for the system. We're also working um, on a state examination system and more ro robust data analytics to give us better insight into what's happening in the, in the non-bank non financial system. On the banking side, what's happened is, um, you know, state banks represent almost 80% of the uh, of the of all institutions in the United States. Some of them have gotten larger. And um, so we've focused on large bank supervision and trying to help um, help states understand how large banks are, are regulated. Uh, it's a different approach than you typically see with, uh, with community banks. And so when you talk about platforms, that means that for the states, CSBS is either maintaining, building out, or continually updating a platform for licensing, a platform for examination, and a platform for data analytics and supervision. Is that right? Right. That's great. Well, you mentioned CSBS as a platform, but you, the examples you gave are really technology platforms. Yeah. And we think of CSBS as a whole as a platform for network supervision, not just the technology itself, but across the state system. As Jim said, practices processes yeah and the people are part of the platform absolutely and it's not a new thing either you know we've been doing it since the since the 80s actually and i i go back to uh, you know bank accreditation as being one of the more significant collective actions that the states came together to, to create um, you know basic standards for what it took to be considered a, a well-functioning state bank regulatory uh, agency. And then interstate banking in the 90s was written. Lots of collaboration went on there. Interstate banking started with regional compacts and then eventually a federal law. But, uh, but that, took, that took over a decade. It's a lot of hard work. Thank you both for joining me. This was really informative and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it.